Hello, this is Alex Granado, Senior Reporter for Education NC, and you're listening to Ed Talk. Today, I'm talking with Alan Richard. He is the author of a new report that is put out by seven nonpartisan organizations, including our very own Public School Forum of North Carolina. The report is called Accelerating the Pace, the Future of Education in the American South. And he also over, oversaw the uh, accompanying results of the education poll of the South, which we will discuss as well. Alan, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks so much. And uh, first, this is a very education-heavy report. Give us a little bit of uh, your background for our listeners. Well, thanks, Alex. I am a son of the South. I grew up in rural South Carolina near Greenville, South Carolina, not Greenville, North Carolina. Um, and I have been an education reporter for uh, more than 20 years, uh, first for newspapers in South Carolina and then for a national publication called Education Week, uh, which your listeners will know, and uh, I've been a freelance writer and communications person for nonprofits for the last uh, several years. Um, and, and so how, how did you uh, come into writing this report and overseeing this poll? How, how did that process work? Well, I used to work for a nonprofit called the Southern Regional Education Board, which is kind of an association of southern states on education, a nonpartisan think tank that also does training for educators. And so I knew a lot of these organizations that, that joined us on this report through my previous stint at SREB. And when they were looking for someone to help them, uh, they came to me. So I was really fortunate to be chosen to help write this report and to go across the South and talk to people about education. And so this report comes to a lot of conclusions and recommendations about education in the South. Uh, give us kind of a you know, 500 foot view of, of what the report has to say. Sure. Um, the report itself actually calls for a new commitment from our states uh, for improving education in the South. Anybody who has children in school knows that school is, is overall better in some ways than it was when I was in school. I'm in my 40s and certainly even past then because kids learn much more advanced content earlier now. Uh, they start learning to read very early. Um, I didn't learn to read until later. So, um, you know, schools are better and progress in education is clear. However, there are a lot of issues still that we have to wrestle with in the South, um, not to mention race and poverty, which is, of course, accompanies us uh, in America, but also in the South. Um, but especially when it comes to student achievement, we looked closely at test scores, uh, for better or worse, uh, there's something called NAEP, the National Assessment for Educational Progress, also known as the nation's report card. It's a test taken um, every so often by students in every state, so it's kind of a national barometer for education. And from 2005 to 2015, which is the window we looked at, we saw that achievement gaps, you know, the differences in t test scores for different groups of students actually grew for some students in the South. So instead of narrowing the gaps between kids from poor families or minority groups, um, in some cases those gaps have actually grown. And in North Carolina specifically, um, in fourth and eighth grade reading, the gap uh, between low-income students or students from low-income families and non-low-income uh, families actually grew over that time. So that's an, a pretty alarming trend that that achievement gap has actually worsened. And uh, so, so you kind of spearheaded this report in the poll, but tell us a little bit about the groups behind the, the report and, and how it came about. Well, there's the Public School Forum of North Carolina, which folks here know 
is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that just works to improve education in the state. So there were six sort of sibling organizations that are not directly affiliated with the public school forum, but play similar roles in those states. Um, so there we had uh, similar organizations from Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Mississippi join us for this report. And together those organizations are called the Columbia Group. It's just an informal network of state-based education groups that that uh, advocate for improving education in their state. So together those groups uh, worked on this report and project together. And so we were talking just a second ago about the achievement gap and how in places in the South it's actually widening. Does the report come, in, come to any conclusions as to why that is? Well, not, not in, the, in the way that you're asking it, but I think that we did identify some priorities um, based on, well, just to back up a little, what I did last year was I spent time in every state that's part of this report, uh, most southern states, and talked with people about education. So I met with educators, I met with business leaders, I met with state policymakers, um, and parents and students as well, asking them how they thought their state was doing and their community was doing in education and what could make it better. And it was interesting to me that we, there was a lot of consensus uh, across what I'm hearing, what I heard. And then later we did an actual poll, which we'll discuss in a second, um, of the entire South and did focus groups to accompany the poll. And we heard the same kind of things through, through, um, through those measures as well. So it was heartening to me, just as a, a former journalist and as an advocate, that a lot of people were, sort, we would say in the South, singing from the same hymn book when it came to their main concerns about education and ways they might be addressed. It's interesting because uh, here in North Carolina, I've had the experience sometimes where depending on, you know, the particular school that somebody's kids go to, their perception of public education may be vastly different than someone else. You know, it's basically just based on their own personal experience, but it sounds to, you, it sounds to me like what you're talking about are people who had a more wider understanding of what was going on with education. Well, maybe so, but you know, we actually, I'll just, I'll start talking about the poll a little sure. bit. And to accompany this report uh, that's, that's just been released, we also did what's called the Education Poll of the South. And to our knowledge, it's the first type, first public poll of its kind, um, at least in um, so broadly in a number of states and to be then released publicly. Um, and so the education poll of the South results, we asked questions such as, um, what, how, do you, are you, how do you think your local schools are doing? Um, and how do you think your state's schools are doing? And pretty well across the board, I'm, I'm thinking of the combined results for the whole South here. Um, a little over a third said that schools were staying about the same in terms of quality. Um, a little less than a third said they were actually getting worse, and then about a quarter said that they were getting better, and then a few others didn't know. But so what that showed us was that there was, um, you know, there was maybe two, or close to two-thirds of Southern voters um, who thought either schools had sort of gotten stagnant or were actually getting worse in terms of the quality of education they offered for students. And I think what that really gets at, rather, I mean, as I was saying, there's been so much improvement in the South uh, over the last few decades 
I think what folks are getting at is that there is unevenness um, in the quality of education. There are differences in the opportunities kids have uh, across the state of North Carolina, for example, but also in every, even in every county and, and, uh, and neighborhood, local community, sometimes there are differences in the opportunities kids have, and maybe sometimes in the same school. So we heard a lot of discussion about that, especially from students across the South. Uh, so when you were talking to parents and, and students and, and everybody you were talking to, what, what sense did you get from them uh, as far as optimism for the future? Did, did, did you get a sense that they were hopeful that things were going to improve, uh, you know, given some changes, or, or did they seem kind of resigned to what was happening? When it came to adults, I think uh, I was surprised. Uh, we held, one of the focus groups we held was in a small town in Kentucky, London, Kentucky. Uh, at the edge of Appalachia and coal country. And I was surprised how adults sort of saw the links directly between their own lives and their kids' and grandkids' lives uh, and education and the opportunities that they would afford. Um, they talked a lot about, you know, uh, career training and vocational programs, which President Trump mentioned that we're recording this the day after the State of the Union speech. President Trump uh, mentioned vocational schools in the State of the Union address. I think that's a bit of an antiquated term, but, uh, but the, the, uh, the sentiment about career tech education is definitely welcomed by most educators, I'm sure. Um, but in terms of adults, I think they really see that the level of education you have really can affect the kind of job you have and the kind of opportunities that come to your community. And so they taught, so the adults talked a lot, very acutely about that. Students were optimistic in a lot of ways in terms of speaking out and finding their voice, but they also said some things that, that um, I found actually surprising, um, including, you know, many students repeated that they were met sometimes with low expectations at school, that uh, some educators just didn't believe they could do high-level work, or maybe go on to college or something, especially if their family hadn't before, or if many people in their community didn't. So uh, that was interesting. And so you put together a report like this, it gets some publicity, but, but what can an, a report like this accomplish, particularly with the accompanying poll, which as you mentioned is, is you know, a unique thing to happen in, this, in the education realm? Well, our hope is just that it stirs dialogue. I mean, for one thing, it's already gotten a lot of people talking just because they had to talk to me <laughs> for these interviews and lots of discussion groups we had in each state. Um, there's been a lot of news media coverage this week, uh, thanks to you guys and others here in North Carolina on, uh, you know, just kind of on these education issues that we write about and asked people about in the poll. So that's pretty gratifying. Um, but from here on, I think organizations like the Public School Forum of North Carolina um, are, are going to do what they do, which is engage policymakers and different stakeholders in education around the issues that matter. So one of the four pillars in the Accelerating the Pace report is resources. Money isn't everything, but it is something, and it's pretty obvious that some areas of North Carolina just have a lot fewer resources to work with in terms of you know providing for a decent education system. 
So obviously the school funding issue is very much on the table here in North Carolina and already the public school forum has been having roundtables of different education groups to try to reach consensus on some positions that may help move the state forward and have some influence in state policy. And there's a lot of that going on in, in all the southern states on different issues. And that segues nicely into my next question because I was going to ask, you know, what are some of these things that need to be addressed in order to improve the situation? So you mentioned four pillars. You named one. What are the other three? Well, um, yeah, there's school funding and getting that right. Um, and, you know, accompanied with making sure the taxpayer money is well used, of course. Uh, the second pillar is that transition between high school and college or career training. Um, you know, it's ridiculous in this day and age, and we had students tell us about this, that students will finish high school and it's sort of a mystery to them what's coming next. Um, you know, how do I go on to college now? Or how do I get into the, the tech school or the community college? Um, or how do I find my way into the workplace? And we think there just needs to be a really stronger bridge between those systems. In some places that is the case. Um, in other places it's just a very, a very separate thing. Oh, and I was gonna say about the, the transition from high school. You know, you hear sort of a political rhetoric these days about not everybody needs to go to college. Um, and that is true. Um, unfortunately, though, in the South overall, we still have a shortage of adults with four and two year degrees, as well as career certifications that can lead to so many great jobs, especially in technical fields like those here in North Carolina. We have a shortage of all of those people. So we need everybody to do something after high school. So there's money, there's that transition after high school. The third pillar is today's students needing a different type of support than students in the past. Demographics have changed. A majority of school children in the nation, uh, and certainly this has been true even longer in most of the southern states, come from low-income families. We also um, are more of a mosaic as a nation um, in racial ethnic background, and that's just the reality of the children who are in school these days. And so we heard a lot from educators, from parents, from students about the types of support students need in school. There is that high academic expectation and the support to do more advanced work, but there's also the non-academic part, which can be emotional and psychological health, um, helping families with a drug addiction, um, suicide prevention and support groups, um, that sort of thing uh, in schools, as well as physical health and clinics and that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's tough and schools can't do it all, but whether it's the school or community agencies who have linked with the school, there just needs to be a stronger web of support because otherwise that kind of stuff really does affect kids' learning these days. And then the fourth pillar is teachers. Um, we all know great teachers who have meant a lot to us in our lives and who work in schools today with our children, but the truth is we need a higher level of talent overall to go into the teaching profession, and that involves better pay and benefits, and certainly the southern states have slipped on uh, teacher pay nationally in recent years. North Carolina is a great example of that. But it's also about support for teachers and professional growth and having the continued training and support that they need to be able to stay in the profession and get better at what they do. So there's a lot, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, different factors that go into supporting educators better 
across the South. I know for many of our listeners, you know, hearing some of those pillars, those will sound like familiar things uh, for what's happening right now in North Carolina politics. I'm, I'm curious, uh, I know this is, you know, about the South uh, broadly and that these apply to many different states, but um, were there any differences that you saw between the states that you looked at? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, let's let's face it. I'm I'm from South Carolina. I'm from uh, this is North Carolina. So states like the Carolinas and Georgia, in in some cases, are sort of more advanced in economic development, especially with high tech industries and that sort of thing, than some of the Deep South states. So I think that that's simply a reality. Um, but a lot of the states have a lot of similarities to the rural areas. I'm a rural education advocate as well, and a lot of the rural areas across the South um, are in very similar situations. Population is down, student enrollment is down, uh, there's a very limited tax base in many rural areas, and it really makes things very difficult for school systems to provide even the basics, much less the kind of support for students and educators that we outline in this report. And uh, so we've been kind of jumping back and forth between the report and the poll, but, but give us some examples of, um, you know, the kinds of things you asked on the poll and the, and the kind of results you got. Well, there's all kinds of other data that folks can look at on the web at acceleratingthepace.org. But here's just a couple of key data points that were very meaningful to us uh, and these education organizations that did the poll. Uh, we asked Southerners, and these are, we asked 2,200 Southern voters across the region, and these voters matched the registered voter rules of each state by race, ethnicity, political viewpoint, age, location, gender, etc. Um, and we asked these Southern voters, are there differences in the quality of education available to students across your state? Do they see these differences? And 74% of Southern voters said that they did see differences. And actually 77% of voters who were polled in North Carolina said that. Then we took it a step further and asked Southern voters, do we need to do something about this? Does this matter to you? And 85% of Southern voters, I don't think you'll find 85% of Southern voters agreeing on much of anything, but they did agree on the need to do something about the differences in the quality of education that students receive. Uh, and then 88% of North Carolina voters supported doing something about it. And then we asked Southern voters about whether their states had changed the way they pay for schools to address these issues. And 84% of Southern voters said that they would support changes to their school funding systems. This applies to North Carolina very well. And in, in North Carolina, the percentage was 86% supporting some changes to address these specific types of issues. So it was very interesting to see that consensus that we had in that we saw in conversations and heard in conversations across the South also reflected in the education poll of the South. Well, Alan, I really appreciate you talking with us. It sounds like there's a lot of information for uh, people interested in education to dig through here. So thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. I really think that this you know, may actually be an issue in a very politically divided time where people might be able to, you know, get together and, and have some, some meaningful dialogue and do some, take some constructive action. So thanks so much, Alex. We've been talking with Alan Richard. He wrote the report, Accelerating the Pace, the Future of Education in the American South. 
That is a report that's been put out by seven nonpartisan organizations in the South, including the Public School Forum of North Carolina. He, over, he also oversaw the accompanying results, the Education Poll of the South. And I'm Alex Granados, Senior Reporter for Education NC, and you've been listening to Ed Talk. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.